Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Feminization Boudoir Podcast. I am your host, Kylie Gable, and wow, things seem really quiet on the microphone today. Uh, Hopefully that'll work. Uh, We almost did not have a podcast because uh, Shayla Aspasia, who recorded tonight's episode, was just having tremendous trouble with her internet, but I think we got it, I think we're good to go. It's a double feature today. We have a short audio from Mistress DJ, and we have a little bit longer audio from Sissy Brenda, who uh, has already appeared on here once, um, but I think you're going to you know, really like this, uh, this particular story a lot. We'll talk about it a little more after this audio from Mistress DJ entitled The Postman, or maybe it's The Postwoman. Postwoman, written by Mistress DJ and Kylie Gable, published by Candy Apple Press, copyright 2022, all rights reserved. The mailbox made a clank as he put the lid on. His so loud you could hear it inside phone conversation annoyed Shaney. Dave was a good mailman, but between his nosiness, loud phone conversations, and occasional blurring of music from his phone annoyed the pro dom. Walking outside to collect the mail, the postman was just leaving the porch. Looks like a gift, he said, from below a safari-styled hat. If I had to guess, I'd say jewelry. Shaney just rolled her eyes, collected the mail in small package, and returned inside. So fucking nosy, she muttered to herself. Opening the small package, she realized it was jewelry. A silver bracelet, to be precise. The fact that he guessed right annoyed her even more. Last summer, there was an unfortunate shooting at a concert. Since the weather was fair, Shaney had left the door open with the screen door locked. The news was playing on the living room TV, and she was shocked to see Dave standing on her porch, watching CNN through her door. That's so sad, he said dejectedly. So many people, and for no reason. Shaney was put off by the nosy mailman and said, Yeah, as she shut the door. That day, she went and purchased a ring doorbell, and every day since, Dave proved what a creeper he could be. Enough was enough. She decided the next day to invite Dave over when he was done with his route. She was going to confront him about his ongoing behavior with ring videos as her proof, or receipts. Besides, she'd caught him looking at her enough times that he would take it as a come-on. It was sort of a come-on, but not what he was expecting. The next day, she set out cold water and a note that invited him to dinner when he got off duty. He didn't wait to read the invite. He drank the water right there on the porch, then read the note. Knocking on the window, he said, I'm looking forward to it. See you at 5.30. Shaney grimaced at the audacity of this guy, but was even more put off when she realized he'd left the empty plastic bottle on the porch. When 5.30 rolled around, Dave was right on time. He knocked on the window instead of ringing the bell. This annoyance was just adding fuel to the fire. She opened the door, welcoming him inside. Can I get you something to drink? I really like those white claws, or maybe a hard lemonade if you have either. He asked boldly. White claw it is, she answered, walking to the kitchen and returning with a peach-flavored hard seltzer. I see you have CNN on again. You must like that channel, he said, feet propped up on the hassock like he owned the place. Shaney didn't respond. She grabbed the remote and hit play on the compilation of Dave's greatest hits on the porch. The silence was so intense you could cut it with a knife. Uh, what's this, he asked when he finally mustered the courage to speak. You're less than upstanding behavior, Shaney said gruffly. Look, Dave, here's how this is going to go. 
Either you play by my rules, or this tape goes to the postmaster. I know you're a dominatrix. We could play post office. He tried joking his way out of the situation. You could be the postmistress. Get it? Postmistress? Shaney set her drink down and went to the most recent Amazon delivery, not saying a word. Once she opened the package, she began laying out 12 pairs of panties and a pink silicone chastity device. Kinky. You gonna put on a show for me, he jested. I don't think you're understanding the severity of the situation, Dave, she grimaced. These are for you. Strip off your clothes. We're gonna lock up that cock, and you'll be wearing panties under your postal uniform every day. The hell I am, he snorted before getting cut off. Your choice. I'm pretty sure that the postmaster, Michelle Whitmore, who I happen to go to school with, wouldn't approve of your behavior while you're on your route. She had him dead to rights. He had no options. She pulled the zip drive out of the cable box and put it on a key ring with a small key. She then slid the key ring onto her silver chain around her neck. Now, about those pants. Dave stood up, removing his pants and boxers. Shaney put the chastity device on him, snapping the lock shut, then selecting a pair of bikini panties and blush rose. Lift your left foot, she instructed. Now you're right. Pulling up the panties, she said, Okay, now pull those pants up. Every day, you'll wear a different pair. I expect you to stand in front of my ring and flash those panties. I, uh, okay. Are we still going to have dinner? You can't be serious, she asked in disgust. Sorry, ma'am. I'll be going now, he said, collecting the panties and stacking them neatly. For the rest of the week, she watched as he delivered the mail. Like a good boy, he would reach into his postal uniform and yank the panties up enough that she could see it over the ring cam. The following week, she decided to take it to another level. On Monday, she left out one of those small samplers of lipstick that Avon gives out. It was called Cherry Bomb. She also left a note. Apply liberally and in front of the camera. Smile, I can see you. Shaney waited with anticipation for the show to begin, and he didn't let her down. He even went so far as to make a kissy face for the camera. Tuesday, she left the same lipstick sampler and a small bottle of Japanese cherry blossom body spray. The instructions were the same for the lipstick, but a good dose of body spray was now required. Wednesday found the lipstick and body spray, but she also set out a pearl necklace. Wednesday found the lipstick and body spray, but she also set out a pearl necklace. The instructions made it clear that it was a loner, and she would eventually expect it back. He remembered that Jock Peterson, a ball player for Atlanta, wore pearls, so he felt he was in good company. A part of him wondered if Shady was the reason Jock wore pearls. Thursday, she set the lipstick and body spray out with no additions. Friday was the same, but with a note again. Dinner tonight. Don't be late. At 5.30, his attitude was much better. May I fetch you a drink, Shaney? he asked humbly. Yes, I'd like a black cherry white claw, she answered. He went to the refrigerator and brought her the can. He also insisted on ordering dinner through DoorDash. Shaney demanded Texas Roadhouse, so steak dinner it would be. While they waited the 45 minutes, she had plans for him. Dave, take your pants off. A little too excited, Dave practically ripped his pants off. Now kneel. Crawl over to me. She pointed between her legs. Hiking up her short sundress, there was no confusion what she was expecting. You're a big boy. I'm sure you know what to do. She was glad she'd locked him up in the beginning or he might have taken this as an invite for sex. The roles in this situation were quite clear. He managed to bring her to orgasm twice with his tongue before the food arrived.
They sat in the living room and ate with Don Lemon giving the daily summary on the television. As soon as they finished eating, Shaney dismissed him with, This will be a standing appointment. See you next Friday. As he drove home, he wondered how long this would go on. He realized it didn't matter and he was at her mercy. He could still smell and taste her on his lips. Looking down, he saw the pearls and a small smile came to his lips. This isn't the worst thing that could... As he drove home, he wondered how long this would go on. He realized that it didn't matter and that he was at her mercy. He could smell her on his lips. Looking down, he saw the pearls and a small smile came to his lips. This isn't the worst thing that could happen, he thought to himself. That was The Postwoman by Mistress DJ, who was kind enough to give me a writing credit, but really, what I did was more editing than writing. That's 99.9% Mistress DJ, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. So, before we start the next story, which is The Sissification of Brenda by Sissy Brenda, um, I actually have an introduction by the person who reads this story, namely uh, Shayla Aspasia. Who, who has written a little bit of an introduction to Sissy Brenda. So I will let her take it away. I hope you enjoy. Everyone has three lives. A public life, a private life, and a secret life. A quote by the master of magic and realism, Gabrielle Garcia Marquez. You may be asking yourself, who is Sissy Brenda? I believe I'm one of the best people to tell you. That is because there is so much truth in that quote. We all have a public life, a private one, and that secret one that only a few special people in our lives know about. I am honored to say that Sissy Brenda has trusted me enough to show me all three. In his public life, he's a brilliant man with integrity. In private, she's still highly intelligent and, well, a capable, really, I'd say excellent, Sissy made to her wife. Her secret life? I know all about that, and you will too, when you listen to the sissification of Brenda. Sissy Brenda started listening to the stories we narrate for Kylie Gable on his podcast, The Feminization Boudoir, long ago. When he found out he could actually call and talk to us, our adventures together began. You can follow Sissy Brenda on Twitter at SissyBrenda2. That's the number two. Just the number, not T-W-O, just so y'all know. I have no doubt that it's going to be a journey you won't want to miss. Because of being chased so much throughout elementary school and junior high, I was a half-decent runner and actually ran track in high school. I wasn't a star or anything, but I tried hard, and it was fun. And it gave me a sense of normalcy, since it was just all boys on the track team. 
They're my species. The girls had their own team, and of course, I admired those strong, athletic young women. On the track, very much. But only from a safe distance, of course. I was also in the school band. Unlike the cool guys who played trumpet, drums, or guitar, I played clarinet. Flute would have been more fitting for someone like me. I did have a huge crush on a flute player named Mindy. We actually had a phone relationship. We would talk for hours on the phone at night about all kinds of things, even though I wasn't able to talk to her in person. She knew I had a big crush on her, but she saw me as just a friend. In fact, she liked to talk to me about boys she liked. So much of our conversations were about boys. I went along because of my super crush on her. She had asked me if I thought so-and-so was cute, and maybe if I could ask him about her. I was always embarrassed about this, but at least I could talk to guys, so I did this for her. She would say hi to me in person at school, and I'd get all flustered. She thought that I was funny. She'd ask me on the phone why I was so shy around her and the other girls, even just to say hi. I don't know, was my only response. Mindy's friend Tanya was also in the band and not nearly as nice to me. She knew Mindy and I talked on the phone about boys and also was well aware of my lack of in-person communication skills with girls. One day she confronted me. What is wrong with you? She demanded. I blushed and tried to get away. She grabbed my arm. Talk to me, she demanded. I was all I could get out. She laughed. You're a loser, she mocked. I ran away in shame. I internalized her taunt. That word again. Yet another girl calling me that. I thought about her comment a lot. Was I really a loser? Maybe I was. By the time I turned 18 during senior year, I had only had orgasms while wearing panties. My sister had left a drawer full of her underwear when she went off to college, much to my delight. By then, I'd sometimes wear Annie's panties to school. They were pink and frilly, and I loved the way they felt. One day to senior year, after a lengthy phone call with Mindy the night before, she tried to get me to talk to her at school without success. As I was always walking away, I heard a gasp, then felt her yank my panties up. They must have been peeking out from my jeans unbeknownst to me. You're wearing panties, she exclaimed. I wanted to crawl into a hole right there. It's okay, Adam. Don't worry. It'll be our secret. She winked at me and smirked. Later that day, Tanya confronted me. Mindy told me what you were wearing, she sneered. 
I panicked and ran away. But not before she shouted loudly as I ran. Adam is wearing pink panties. I heard laughter behind me. At home that night, I masturbated furiously into those same panties, thinking about Tanya. I was very confused, but very turned on. The next day, Tanya was ready for me and intercepted me in between periods just before the last class of the day. The last class was study hall for most of us, so not a big deal or urgent as they rarely took attendance. She grabbed my wrist and said, come with me. I struggled to free myself, but she was too strong for me and she dragged me into the girls' room. Waiting there were Tanya's friends, Lisa and Pam. Tanya spoke first. Since you like to wear panties so much, Adam, we thought we'd help you out with your new wardrobe. I moved to escape, but Lisa and Pam blocked my path menacingly. Put this on, Adam, Tanya said, holding out a white bra that had breast inserts in it. Eyes wide, but unable to say or do anything, I meekly complied. Lisa snickered. Oh, look, Adam's got tits. They all laughed at that. Here you go, loser. Here's your slip, said Pam, holding a white full slip. I stepped into the slip and to my horror, noticed my cock getting aroused by the feel of the slippery nylon over my panties. Pam then handed me a pair of black pantyhose. They were jet black, ordering me to put them on. She showed me how to roll up both legs of the hose and slither it up my legs over my panties. I could not believe what was happening. I wanted to yell at them, to argue, to protest, to say anything, but I was a wimpy mute and they all knew it. Finally, a summery pink floral dress was slipped over my head. The dress was short and showed off my black nylon encased legs. They all mocked me, and it was then that Tanya coined the phrase, Sissy Loser. At the sound of these words, my boner sprang to life. Lisa noticed it and pointed, Oh my God, he likes this. She burst into hysterics. Suddenly, all three were laughing uncontrollably at me, standing there looking ridiculous in my pink dress, bra with tits, panties, and pantyhose with an erection sticking out. I hung my head in shame. Tanya could not hide her contempt. You're pathetic, she screamed at me. The more they laughed at me, the harder I got. I analyzed this later at home. To my horror and extreme embarrassment, it appeared that my raging hormones and deathly fear of high school girls had presented a dilemma within my brain that had resolved itself by eroticizing 
this extreme humiliation. Just when I thought it couldn't get any worse, it did. Pam said that my hard-on would be more noticeable with just a slip and that I should show off my new outfit to more people. They pulled the dress back over my head and my hard-on made a tent in the silky slip, proving Pam correct. Together, they pushed me toward the door. This was too much, and I actually blurted out, No! Causing Tanya to say, Oh, look, sissy loser talks. They were in hysterics as they pushed me out the door and held it shut. I was positively mortified, standing in the hallway like that, and started banging on the door. I heard snickers and laughter behind me and all three girls inside were laughing so much one of them actually said I'm laughing so hard I just peed my pants causing them all to double over in even more hysterics at my sorry expense the derisive laughter kept me hard as I banged away then of all people Mindy walked by. What the? Her voice trailed off. Adam, why are you dressed like that, trying to get in the girls' room? I shook my head. I wanted to say, no, Mindy, you have it all wrong. But nothing came out. Then, to my utter shame, she looked down and saw my erection. Oh, my God she said. Her lip curled. Her expression turned from one of shocked to contempt and disgust, and she shook her head again. She pointed a finger at me. Don't you ever call me again, you sick pervert, she said, dripping with contempt. She practically ran away from me. Her reaction made me want to come in that nylon slip and panties right then and there. I couldn't believe that I was actually turned on by this extreme humiliation and contempt and desired more of it. What the hell was wrong with me? Finally, the door opened and they threw my clothes at me. Tanya warning me, you'd better be wearing your bra tomorrow, Adam. I quickly threw my real clothes on over my lingerie and ran out of the school. Once home, I jerked off and had a powerful orgasm in my sister's panties and the new slip. Afterwards, I felt shame and disgust at myself and dreaded having to go back to school the next day. The next day, Tanya came over to me in the lunchroom while I was sitting with my few remaining friends. She snapped at my bra strap and laughed cruelly. Wearing your bra today, sissy boy? My friends looked at me and I hung my head. And are you wearing your pink panties today? She said quite loudly as people at other tables looked over. My friends nervously got up from the table and left me there alone, blushing and in shame as I felt a stirring in my growing. I made it through the school day without further incident 
only to discover that my domineering sister had returned home from college. She confronted me as soon as I walked in the door, grabbing me with a finger in my face. Have you been going through my underwear, you little perv? I guessed it was obvious from all the cum stains on her panties. It seemed that my fate was simply to suffer one humiliation after another. She was pissed, but then felt sympathy and said, You can keep those, you little sissy. That word again, sissy. The word sissy and loser became part of my core identity. But at least I got to keep those pretty panties. And I didn't have to pretend anymore. Oh, I hate when that happens. I think I chopped off just the very last part of the word more. I apologize for that. Anyway, though it is, um, well, the first story was Postwoman by Mr. DJ. And the second one is part of the Sissification of Brenda. We are uploading the Sissification of Brenda to Clips for Sale now. It is long. It is like 30,000 words, which is about five times the length of my normal story. And it's 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 on sale for, for a reasonable price. And um, I think you will really enjoy it if you check it out. The whole, you know, it's a sissy's autobiography. And then the other story was part of a small collection that came out in June. Um, we'll probably get that up on Clips for Sale, too. That's not up yet. So please, please uh, take advantage of uh, the Clips for Sale store, and please, please keep supporting us. It means so very, very much. I can't tell you enough. I want to thank uh, Sissy Brenda for her contribution to this week's show, as well as Mistress DJ and Shayla Espasia. I hope you'll be back next week. I certainly plan to be. Our time is winding down until we are... Um, up on our November hiatus. So a couple weeks left, or three weeks, I think, to enjoy this podcast before it all goes away for a month. Take care, everybody.